0: Hello? I'm thinking this thing doesn't take credit cards
1: Line says closed We're looking for, uh, what's it called? Tillerman Road Not to get you there Getting back That's your concern Oh, this is awesome Whoa have pass to the gate. They are come to the killing floor. Let's get this party started! I seriously believe something weird is going on. What is that thing?
0: We have to stay together. This isn't right. right? We should split up.
2: Yeah, a good idea.
1: Really? We gotta get out of here.
0: more weeks and you can uh, start to slowly rejoin society, huh?
1: Yeah, I'm in no rush.
0: <laughs> I don't think I am either. It's It's been an interesting experiment being away from it this long.
1: Yes. <laughs> ups, I miss it. <laughs> yeah,
0: ups and downs, but now it's pretty much like, who cares?
1: Yeah, I was like, what do I want to do? I want to meet up with Will at a comic shop. Yeah and see movies
0: (laughs) right yeah we'll we'll just all go to the movies (laughs) or yeah it's the same stuff we do here
2: isn't it (laughs) yeah (laughs) it'd be nice to get together at least Mm
0: -hmm. yeah it's yeah it's something that I I can say I do miss is actually seeing people in person but um, I get small doses of that at the shop so anywho, um, well, do you, uh, you guys want to start it, okay. get, get to it. Yeah. All right. Hey listeners, you're listening to yet another exciting episode of chewing the scenery horror movie podcast. We are a podcast where we three friends get together. We're doing this virtually. Maybe that'll change. We don't know. And talk about a horror movie, which we will spoil. First, we talk about Recently Watched, which we try not to spoil. And we thank the Moon Rays for giving us that song, Intro Creature Features, at the top of the show. You can uh, buy their music digitally on Amazon or Apple Music and say hello to them on Facebook where they are, the Moon Dash Rays. I almost forgot to mention, we are not professional critics. Um, in other words, we're critics who don't get paid. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like being an artist. <laughs> For professional artists, artists, Mm. same diff, right? So, uh, I'm Richard, I'm here with Jolian and Will.
1: Good afternoon. Hello.
0: So guys, what's new?
1: Not much.
0: Did you watch anything good, Will?
2: Yeah, you want me to do uh, a recently
0: watched? Yeah, yeah, that would be a, a, a good segue. Do it.
2: Sure, I, uh... I started this week, finally, seven years late, I believe seven years, uh, True Detective. All right. So, uh, fantastic series, just one that kept getting bumped further and further down the list.
0: And uh, so, of course, you're watching the one with uh, with uh, Woody and Matthew, right?
2: No, we skipped that one. We went directly to season two. Really? I understand that was the one nobody liked. So, so <laughs> <laughs> we decided we'd start with that. Maybe we'd like it. And, the, you know, we wouldn't have season one to compare it to. No, I'm kidding. But maybe I should have done that.
0: <laughs> it's all downhill after you do the first season. You're like, oh, yeah. man, it's, it's going to get better and better, right? Mm. Well, there's nothing wrong with the other seasons. If you didn't start out so strong.
2: Yeah. Yeah, this first season I can see why they would have trouble ever topping it. Right, I'm uh, probably a little more than halfway through. Um, just fantastic, as everybody knows from seven years ago. Uh, yeah.
0: Next stop, The Sopranos.
2: <laughs> yeah, eventually work my way back to MASH. Sure. And. Uh, <laughs> I'm ending on, I love Lucy.
0: Yeah. You're going to, you're going to end on that broadcast of Hitler's speech. Yeah. (laughs) Or Nosferatu or something. Thomas Edison's Frankenstein.
2: (laughs) There you go. Um, then we continued watching discovery, uh, which I'm really enjoying. Yeah. Um, way more than I thought I would. I heard a lot of negative things about it, but I think that maybe I'm not as attached to Star Trek as as a lot of the viewers. I'm a lot more willing to to go, yeah, they're a spore drive, sure, but, you know, Captain Kirk brought Jack the Ripper onto the Enterprise in Season 3 of the original series, so... Goofy shit has always happened. It's a staple of Star Trek.
0: Yeah, let's be um, clear. It's it's not like uh, there. <laughs> anyone should be super pious about being uh, an original Star Trek fan,
2: or any of them. Any of them. I mean, they're, they. Every every one of the shows has had something goofy. That uh, a few weeks ago, I mentioned I watched a documentary on uh, the making of the. Uh, movie galaxy quest which is like an unofficial star trek movie um and somebody in there said star trek is being serious about ridiculous things and i was like that's a perfect description
0: i think it is <laughs> it is
2: you know they're serious in the show but there some really ridiculous things happen so i'm really enjoying it and i don't mind any of the uh you know, bits that have gone against canon. I guess the change in Klingons is fine. Yeah, they look more alien, so yeah. I'm enjoying it.
1: Yeah, we loved it. Yeah. I, I think you really like uh, season two as well. It's very much like um, you know Dan Simmons' Hyperion.
2: Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm looking oh,
1: forward to it. I, I won't spoil it, but it will definitely definitely reminded me of that. Okay, in several ways. Excellent.
2: Yeah, I've I've been I really pleased with it. I also like Picard, although I had a couple problems with Picard, but again, it was goofy stuff. Um basically at the end, I'm not giving much away. They get a wish maker. Mm,
1: that was a that was a bridge too
2: far for me. Yeah,
1: talking of goofy stuff, there's like Q characters, wasn't there? I, I've not yeah. watched Picard, yeah. but uh, he's in it, isn't
2: he? He's going to be in season two, I understand. Yeah,
1: but that, that was just I've, mm.
2: I've always loved Q, though, because, I don't know, he, he plays really, even though, again, it's goofy, but he plays really well against Patrick Stewart. Yes. So it'd be nice to see John Delancey again. I've always liked him, uh, probably ever since Star Trek and The Next Generation. Um, moving on, we are continuing for some reason with, uh, Riverdale.
0: Hmm. So how's your phone?
2: (laughs) Ah, it's great. (laughs) It's such a terrible habit to develop though. Oh, it is. I'll start, I'll start doing it on other shows. I find, um, this week's movie, I started out because i'd seen it before even though i picked it i was like looking at my phone it was like no no put it down you got to pay attention to this you know even though you've seen it you know what's going to happen um uh and then i watched um a uh, in addition to our movie we i watched a movie uh afterwards last night called look away um I watched all of it. I'm not sure that I cared for it. It was a lot like a uh, R-rated version of a CW show. A moody teenage girl uh, trades places with her doppelganger that she sees in the mirror. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched it because doppelgangers are, I don't know, something I'm kind of interested in and from a storytelling point of view. I think they're they can make an interesting story to have a double. It's not something that can really happen in real life, but, uh, I don't know. I've always liked those kind of movies. So, yeah, give it a C.
0: That's the one where Uh, she's at a uh, private school.
2: Um, I I suppose they were at a private school.
0: It was a school though with uniforms. Yeah, I I did see that one. I I think I talked about it like months ago, but, uh, yeah, it could have been better. They could have punched it up a little bit in the script, but yeah. What are you going to do?
2: Yeah, definitely. What's
0: the one free Uh, thing in making a movie sitting down and writing. Yeah. So why do more of that?
2: I will say that the house that they lived in, in this movie was fantastic. Um, Just gorgeous. If I had a chance to film a movie in a house like that, I'd write any script. You know, just, just, <laughs> just you know, film in that house. It was amazing. We also noticed during the uh, credits, they had a professional chef and sous, sous- chef uh, listed in the credits. No cater waitering for this crew. Hmm. Uh, I like to think that they, you know, they saved some money because they filmed it in largely one location with a very small cast. And they're like, you know what? Let's eat right while we're doing this.
0: Omelette bar. real
2: chef did. Yeah. 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 Uh, I watched a bunch of YouTube crap. Um, uh, I watched a documentary on Jack Kirby. It was okay. It was mostly just people saying, Jack Kirby was great. (laughs) Over and over and over again. Yeah. I wish they had talked a little bit more about his life or his process and art or any of that. Um, I'm not, I mean, they talked a little bit about it. They'll be, you know, one guy will be, and they're all famous cartoonists as well or writers. Um, they'd be like, oh yeah, he would start a page, you know, up in the upper right-hand corner and not plan anything out and then draw the whole thing. And, but that would be about it. Nobody can really talk mm-hmm. anything about, you know, much else nothing nothing i hadn't heard before i don't think yeah um from elsewhere um so yeah um i think that's about it um yeah
0: hmm jolian you want to go next
1: Uh, i didn't see any movies um (laughs) that's easy (laughs) i'm about two weeks from finishing this project so uh i uh whenever I'm getting towards the end of a project and I know that I can get it done in time, I remember the story of the tortoise and the hare and that gives me another boost. Yeah, He's <laughs> like, no, okay, don't relax, don't relax. Um so uh yeah, on uh on uh lunch breaks we watched a bit of TV. So we watch uh we've been watching Kung Fu and um uh Ultraman Taro. Um uh, Emily's been watching the Irregulars on Netflix. Mm. The Irregulars with this uh, this kind of uh, street kids that helped out Sherlock Holmes, and this one has got a uh, more fantastical bent to it. But uh, yeah, that's on Netflix right now, and she's enjoying it. So, mm. uh, I read a book, another book of uh, lost films, you know, films that are either have been lost in uh, or they never got made or they were drastically changed uh, by the time they were re- released. Uh, and this one was all about Japanese monster movies and TV shows. So right. uh, it, was, it was fun for me to read anyway.
0: Yeah, right up your alley.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I, I did the covers for this one. Um, they were planning on uh, bringing out this edition at uh, the next uh, G-Fest, which is held in Chicago. Um, But that's been canceled again. Um, So we'll see what happens later this year.
0: Hmm. So that was about it?
1: That was it.
0: (laughs) Oh man, that wasn't much at all.
1: (laughs) Um, I think- I I... I just drunk Japanese ghosts 12 hours a day. (laughs) Yeah, you know. Then I sleep and then I get up and do it again.
0: Like normal people do. (laughs) <laughs> um, I think last week I left I left a movie out that I was going to talk about I think I did talk about The Banished which uh, takes place in the 1930s and it's about this pastor sort of character and his wife and you're not really sure what's going on I think I talked about that one but I think I forgot to talk about another one I had watched and I'll bring it up now Um, this movie called scream print, not screen like a, like a screen, but scream like a shriek. Okay. Scream print. Now I'm going to say that it's, it's kind of weird. Like when it's an environment that I'm in every day at work to watch somebody's depiction of it on screen (laughs) is kind of weird because, uh, it's like, I know what all the tools are. I know what the workflow and the process is like. And it's not a whole lot of uh, the shop looking like they took an empty warehouse, lit it up brightly and then uh, and then decorated it with the tools of the trade. It just looks fake, you know, like these boxes on on all of these shelves, like no, man, the boxes are on the floor and they get filled back up and they go out the door the second they're done. You know, this is this is how a, a production screen printing shop would work. But uh there's a whole bunch of clients complaining and lying around lounging waiting for their orders and and people printing these things by hand and it just doesn't look real. It's set in New Orleans. The the characters are mostly kind of unlikable and kind of two dimensional and the the gore so that
2: part they got right. Yeah, that that part's right.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much you walk in the door, you don't like anyone you meet. Anyone who walks in the door, you don't like them either. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much. Um, just add weed and it would be like the ones I worked in back in the 90s. But, uh, you know, not inside the shop, but, you know, everyone before they head into work. Uh, it's it's a dumb slasher movie. I would say if you're in the mood for a dumb slasher and you want to laugh about screen printing, eh, sure.
1: So what's the gimmick? How does it connect?
0: Oh, the way it connects is uh, all of the... Clients of the shop are being killed. Coworkers and clients are being killed off. And uh, it just seems like somebody's killing off the competition. Because everyone's competing to sell t-shirts in New Orleans. It's like, eh, I don't know. There's about a billion tourists a year. So uh, I think you could all sell somebody a t-shirt. Everyone just relax and quit killing people. But it's, it's dumber than that. I mean, the whole the motivation of the plot is... Uh, does seem to be killing off the competition. Uh the guy who played Jason in the first Friday the thirteenth movie, like the mutant Jason, uh Ari e. Lehman, I think his yeah. name is he has a bit part in this. So it's kinda like, I know who that guy is with the D'Artagnan beard. Yeah. He used he used to be Jason forty years ago. Anyway, uh yeah, so Scream Print Um, So
1: if you put all that time and effort you put into stalking and murdering people into making your own down t-shirts. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Or, you know, just being more efficient with your marketing and your, and your (laughs) distribution. Yeah. Then you wouldn't be facing prison time or, (laughs) or, you know, maybe getting yourself killed while trying to kill someone else. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's a pretty dumb movie. If you want to watch something completely dumb, but at least the camera kind of moves fluidly and the lighting is good. Unlike uh, <laughs> the, the Alien Dead, which I just watched today. Oh, yes. Great poster. Terrible movie. <laughs> uh, this one um, is uh, directed by Fred Olin Ray, who co-wrote the script with Martin Nicholas. And it's about a meteor hitting a houseboat, which causes several people to become zombies who eat alligators and then eventually start eating people. Uh, apparently okay. Buster Crab, who was uh, an actor slash Olympian, uh, Olympic swimmer from the thirties. Hey,
1: Flash Gordon. Flash yeah, Gordon. It, well, yeah, yeah, and kinda, Buck Rogers. I, yeah,
0: I guess I kind of left out some That's of the
1: higher thousand. points.
0: Right, he does not end up in the water, <laughs> or swinging from any vines, or shooting any ray guns. Uh, he plays a, in space. <laughs> he's not in space at all. He's in. uh He's in uh, the uh, swamps dealing with uh, zombies and he's Sheriff Kowalski in this. Everyone else you've not heard of uh, before this movie nor after. It's uh, a pretty solid D um, (laughs) minus (laughs) D minus to be clear. Um, So, um, yeah, this was uh, filmed in 1980, released a home video in 1985. And it's a pretty solid D minus. So... Yeah. Alien dead. Don't watch it. Um, Countess Dracula,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, Julian, you know, this one, Ingrid Pitt, Ingrid Pitt. Yeah. Uh, this one's a lot of fun. I had it on my list of, uh, of the early seventies vampire women movies and, uh, had not watched it yet for some weird reason. So I watched that the other night. It's a lot of fun. It really is. And, uh, it's that, that whole, uh, portrait of dorian gray thing except it's got the uh uh it's got the whole uh bathory uh angle to it too so it's it's the best of both worlds you know yeah. the woman has to keep drinking young women's blood in order to make herself young again and yeah so it's it's pretty uh it's pretty fun you know it's it's hammer and it's got all, it's all the trappings of a hammer movie. You know, that's what you want. I recommend it for anyone who is in the mood for something hammer. And that's it for me. Um, and of course, cabin in the woods. So will you picked it? Tell us why you picked it.
2: I picked it. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think I picked it because I was looking for something sort of summary. Uh, uh-huh. uh, so camping, um, I've I'm kind of uh, burnt out on looking for horror movies. I've had a lot of trouble lately finding anything that that's interested me.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, I find the descriptions lately very bland. I think I made reference to the other show, another show that a lot of them are like a couple moves into a strange new town, and that's about all, you know. Strangeness happens. That's not mm-hmm. enough. It's not telling me enough to sit down and watch it. Um, so I saw Cabin in the Woods, and I was like, "Did we do that? Did we?" Uh, I know I had seen it, but did we discuss that on the on the uh, uh, show on the podcast? Um, I remember it being fairly popular, or at least it seemed to be. A lot of a lot of critics really liked it. A lot of people I talked to seemed to like it. I didn't remember caring for it. Not that I hated it, but I was just kind of indifferent to it. So I didn't really remember what I didn't like about it or or what. And I was talking to Jolly, and he kind of mentioned the same thing. And I was like, yeah, I'm thinking maybe it was my mood. Because sometimes I'll watch a movie uh, the first time I hate it, and I like it the second time. Or... Has happened more often. I love something the first time I watch it, and then I watch it again, and I'm like, "Being John Malkovich is a shitty movie."
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna leave it where it's at. I don't care at. for this.
2: I still Why like... did I rent this? i love this in the theater.
0: <laughs> I still like it. I'm gonna leave it alone. I'm not gonna. Hey, hey, it.
2: I'm sure. Again, and it could be my mood. You know, the first time I watched it, I was in a better mood. Second like yeah. time I watched it, I was like, "No, it's nonsense." Um. You know, uh, so, yeah, I saw Cabin in the Woods. It was free. Let's give it a shot. Um, see what I, I didn't like about it. Um, almost immediately, I remembered what I didn't like about it.
0: <laughs> what did you not like about it? I want to hear this.
2: Well, you want to give, I'll give a little rundown of the story. Yeah,
0: please, anyone please. anyone who,
2: who isn't familiar. Um, it's basically the classic setup of, a group of horny teens young adults uh go to a cabin in the woods title um and evil uh is afoot
1: strange things uh,
2: happen mm. strange things happen <laughs> um and you learn over the course of the movie well Immediately, you learn that there's a group of people, a group of scientists watching them. Um, it appears to be some sort of experiment. You later learn there's a, a another twist on top of that. Um, it plays out like a, I don't know, a Joss Whedon movie. <laughs>
0: all, all of which uh, The Hunger Games stole later. Oh, did they? They stole a bunch of this control room stuff. Yeah.
2: Oh, okay. I've not seen the hunger games.
0: Oh yeah. Don't, I mean, or, or do it's up to you, but
2: (laughs) or do. Um, so what I didn't like about it was that they show this control room immediately. Yep. That totally, uh, deflates any sort of suspense in the movie. You, I mean, You don't quite know uh, what the supernatural element is or if it's even real. Um, I think they're banking on that to be kind of the twist that you think that it's all going to be, you know, scientists watching these people. And then there's a little bit of supernatural on top of that. Um, Yeah, it just. I think if they had done it a little bit like One Shot of the Dead, where you had maybe half an hour of the classic, you know, kids go to the cabin in the woods, evil dead situation, and you'd play it very cliched, and then you revealed maybe about 30 minutes in, just about when people are like, this is stupid. Why is this so cliched? Then you reveal... What's going on with the, with, oh, there's these people in a control room. This is all a controlled thing. What is this? And then move a little further along and you've reeled the, the, the second twist where, you know, um, I'm going to spoil this movie because that's what you do. Uh, turns out these kids are being killed because their blood feeds the old gods. And if they're not fed blood, they'll come up and destroy the world. Yeah, um, the love yeah.
0: the Lovecraftian angle is is uh, sh- sort of inserted in there. I won't say shoehorn. Yeah, they they insert f- insert it comfortably, don't they?
2: <laughs> <laughs> then they, uh, isn't shoehorning comfortable?
0: Sure, it is. It's more comfortable than trying to stomp your foot into your shoe, isn't it?
2: Exactly. Does anyone own uh, a shoehorn anymore? Uh, I don't know if shoehorns are a thing anymore.
0: Straight razors and shoehorns, are they gone? Ooh, man. The left is lucky. The left canceled shoehorns.
2: (laughs) First Dr. Susan. Millennials canceled shoehorns, yeah. Uh, Uh, They ruined shoehorns and Applebee's. (laughs) And
0: and Campbell's Soup, apparently. Your neck Uh, is on the chopping block. Really? I don't know. <laughs> I, I you heard, don't want
2: all that salt? You, really?
0: Yeah, I've heard. I've heard that millennials aren't aren't going for some of these old brands and these old
1: products. That they want actual food. Yeah. Organic resources. And
0: yeah.
1: Health and or, stuff like that. Conversely, they
2: can't even afford Campbell's soup.
0: Right. Mm. Why not? They all live with their
1: parents, right?
2: We can't afford Applebee's. We can't even afford Campbell's soup.
1: Yeah, that's what I lived off when I was a youngster. Soup and... Yeah, a lot of soup. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah.
2: You know you're poor if you ever had cereal and put water on
0: it. Oh, man.
2: Oh, yeah. 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 uh, Yeah. My friend uh, had his girlfriend watch Friday, movie Friday, and at some point... The dad pours either pour cereal or he tells the guy, just use water on the cereal. And she's like, that's ridiculous. Who would do that? <laughs> he felt all embarrassed. He's like, oh, that happened way too often in my family. <laughs> because they were very, very poor growing up. No one he was growing yeah, up. Yeah,
1: it's flakes with water and sugar.
2: Yep. Yeah. It builds yeah, character. That.
1: It <laughs> does build for, for, character. For milk requires a, a fridge and everything, it just spirals out of control. It does. Yeah. My mom
2: said, uh, when she was in college, they discovered that rice Krispies were okay with seven up. Oh, (laughs) okay. You could get a seven up out of the vending machine and use that. It was like, it was was okay. Sure.
0: Why not? I mean, it probably amplifies uh, the snap, crackle and pop.
2: That's what I would think. I've never gotten curious enough to try it though. Hmm. Uh maybe one day. Anyway, back to our movie. Sure. Um, <laughs> clearly, clearly, we want to talk about it. <laughs>
0: I've got, I've got some stuff to say about it. But um, yeah, yeah.
2: Go ahead. To, what, what do you think of this film?
0: Okay, now I, have, I
2: assume you've seen it before as well.
0: Yes, I, I saw this movie probably I don't know eight or nine years ago. It came out ten years ago. I saw it probably a year or two after it came out.
2: That's about when I saw it. Whenever it came out on DVD or Right. Or however you watched movies back then. Yeah. Um, um Yeah, so pre-streaming.
0: Yeah. So this Post
2: Blockbuster. Uh,
0: or maybe just plain old cable. Somewhere after Yeah, somewhere after Blockbuster. During cable but before streaming. Somewhere in there. Anyway, uh so this was almost a rewatch redemption for me, because The first time around, I felt like I was rolling my eyes at the movie too much to where maybe rolling my eyes caused me to miss a few things that I did like. Here's what I didn't like, is that you do this cold open where you show this scientific bunch in their underground lab or whatever, which I guess is based on Los Alamos, uh, something to do with uh, the guy writing it having grown up in that area. And... um, it's like, well, who are these characters? What are they up to? I'm not sure. And then you cut to the college kids getting ready to head up to the cabin in the woods. And this is all fine and good. it's like, okay, we have two different stories going. Don't link them yet. Or don't even give us the other story yet. But they went ahead and gave us both. And then as the, uh, as the young college students are heading on up, Uh, they are going to go into this tunnel, which is supposed to be like the event horizon for where everything crazy is going to be happening. Right. Don't tell us that, but Oh sure. Have, have a, uh, a hawk or an Eagle or something fly into this grid thing, this polygon electrical grid and get zapped and give it away like 10 minutes into the movie or however far in the movie it is that, That bummed me out the first time and it bummed me out this time. It's like, you guys could have played this better. Uh, They get where they're going and it's, you know, you get the harbinger. First of all, that was great. Uh, And the one guy mocks him. And that was pretty funny that I didn't like him at first, the stoner character, but I started to like him further into the movie. Um, They get to where they're going and uh, it's cliche after cliche, like you said. And, you almost feel like it's laid on so thick that it's deliberate. Sure. Keep going with it. And like you said, give us half an hour before you start to link the two different storylines. But no, they're revealing too much too early. And that way you're just like, okay, now what? Oh, they're going to, Oh, they're releasing different creatures based on, you know, this little, basically a roulette wheel choice. (laughs) <laughs> or whatever it was that decided which monsters were going to be released from the elevator and, you know, going to pop out and, uh, and stalk the kids and kill them. And then I don't feel like we had to wait that long to kind of get a hint that the blood was going somewhere to feed something. I, yeah. feel, I feel like that was kind of revealed.
2: So- yeah. After the first first victim, you yes, see about her about five minutes in. Yeah, yeah. and you, you're like, mm, something's up with the blood. They're collecting it for something, and
0: yeah.
2: you kind of figure they're feeding something. There's also, I think, a, a kind of offhand reference at some point to uh, ancient ones or old gods or something right. that kind of gives it away if you're paying attention. Yeah.
0: So, the The whole thing, you know, all the parts are, are good. They just didn't arrange them well. I think this, this could have been, and and we, we've joked several times on this show about, you know, this, this could use a fan edit. Oh, you could slice and dice this thing and rearrange it and make it a better movie.
2: Yeah. I wondered about that. If, if you couldn't kind of arrange it how I described, you know, and have the reveals more paced
1: out. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Um, yeah.
0: Jolien, what do you think of, of all of this uh, originally? And if you did rewatch it,
1: uh, we, we had our second shot this afternoon um, and I was going to watch it, you know, slumped in the couch after our injections. Um, but uh, it, it's quite stormy here this weekend. And uh, because, uh, they, they were afeard of lightning strikes, so uh, they had to halt procedures. So uh, when we got there, we had to wait for hours to, uh, to oh. get, in and get our shots. So by the time I got back, I didn't have time to see it. Anyway, oh. uh, I remember watching this uh background time it came out. And uh, it's I thought it was, it was well done. Uh, and the special effects, very good. Mostly practical and um, it was very clever and it wanted you to know that it was clever all the time and it, it was just relentlessly telling you how clever it was mm-hmm.
0: uh,
1: Yeah, and uh, I, I, it just felt off-putting to me. Uh, it reminded me of two things. Uh, one was uh, uh, these 70s dystopian movies where people who are sacrificed for entertainment purposes in order to appease something. Right. So in, back in the seventies, it'd be to pacify the population so you have films like Punishment Park, uh, Rollable and um, stuff like that. So this was like a familiar situation to me. So I knew pretty much what was going on. As soon as they mentioned all the ancient gods below, it's like, all right, I know the rest of this movie. Um, fair enough. Don't mind the horror movie being predictable. I mean, God knows no. how yeah. many times I've watched uh, Friday the 13th. Um, the other thing was uh, the cleverness and telling you it's clever uh, reminded me, it was, it was just too much. Uh, remember back in, in 40s movies, you'd often have this character who is obviously the writer telling the audience how clever he was. Right. Yeah, it, and it was usually a drunk because then he could come on, do his bon mots, his quotes from Shakespeare, his, his pointing out the ironies of the story and how clever it was. And then he'd collapse back into his leather chair. And, uh, <laughs> but, but this one is just like, as if he was on screen constantly, uh, it, it was just a bit too much for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: A wiser person than I once said, there are two things I can't stand drunk man when I'm sober and a sober man when I'm drunk <laughs> kind of makes me think of that it's like I don't know if I don't think I would want to be that clever writer I, it, it's got to be a burden to be you know that's that clever and self-aware and smug about
1: it that's got to. I, I, I appreciate my cleverness and intelligent scripting and so on but I don't like being told I am clever I am clever I'm clever yes yeah
0: I'm a, yeah, very, I'm a very it, stable it, genius.
1: <laughs> exactly. It's somebody who keeps
2: telling you how funny they are, but they never say anything funny. Yeah. Or how smart they are or anything. Anybody who protests too much that they're one thing or other and they constantly tell you that, they're not that at all.
0: Mm-hmm. That's true.
2: And so that's conversely, this movie spends its time telling you it's clever. And it is in a way, but not as clever as it thinks it is.
0: Now, do you think Scream suffered from the same thing, or do you think Scream pulled it off a lot better?
1: I think Scream now Scream- they they did they, they were very sincere about when they in the in the original Scream they they were sincere about when it's a scary scene they play it scary right, and it's it's referencing other things mm-hmm. like in the opening scene, which is pretty terrific. But they they make a good effective scene
0: of it. Yeah. So
2: um, you said that this, this redeemed it though for you. So you enjoyed it more this time?
0: Well, this, the rewatch did redeem it for me in the sense that knowing, knowing the gimmick, like, you know, the, the gimmick was given away pretty early, but knowing the gimmick and everything that arms folded, toe tapping, I was just like, you know, impressed me this time. I was you know, not going to let it uh, impress me without making some effort. Well, it did. I learned afterward that the budget wasn't as big as it was for a lot of horror movies at the time.
1: Yeah. They they did a lot with their budget.
0: Yeah. They, they, uh, the sets looked great. Um, the costuming, the special effects, uh, Heather Langenkamp and her husband, of course, we find out, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Uh, Heather from uh, Nightmare on Elm Street fame She was um, She was one of the makeup artists And her husband does a lot of the special effects They have uh, their own company Wow Yeah, so the wet Hillbilly zombies looked great Uh, One complaint The bear traps on the chain Bear traps don't work that way They're way more sensitive You can't throw a bear trap and have it snap somebody (laughs) On the back uh, the second sepi- is yeah, like
1: master of the flying guillotine.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's like, how does this, how, what, what are the mechanics of this thing? It just knows when to, you know, when to trigger
2: because mm. no. Yeah. That when I had to stop it and back it up because he, the zombie lets go of it. He's on a chain when it's first revealed and the bear traps clearly closed. Yeah. And then he throws <clears throat> it and it like, Chris Helmsworth is hit with it. And I'm like, did it get him or did you just whack him with it? But then it snaps the girl on the back. I'm like, how does that work?
0: Yeah. And I I know I told you guys this story before and I'll keep it brief, but growing up, it was kind of a fun party trick. I used to watch my dad do. He had gotten a bear trap from somewhere (laughs) and uh, you have to stand on the thing to push the spring down to set it. And then when the jaws are all the way open, there's a little tongue you flip over onto it and you have to kind of hold that with a twig or hopefully you've got fast hands, but you have to kind of hold that thing in place and let go.
1: And yeah. his, Ooh.
0: his party trick was to drop a beer can into it. And, <laughs> uh, and it's, it's amazing. The thing doesn't even get to fully bounce, and those teeth are just driven into it in a split second. And so maybe I'm more critical cause I've been around a bear trap a whole bunch and got to see a lot of beer cans get destroyed by the metal fangs. Um, yeah. So other than stupid criticisms like that, uh, I loved the wet hillbilly zombies and we did finally get to see the one armed girl and it was great. So you tied that into the lore that came with the cabin and all of that Latin stuff that of course was very reminiscent of evil dead, evil dead two. And, uh, the look of it and the way the characters were just doing what they were supposed to do. I was, I was kind of digging that now. I, somebody like me should remember a girl making out with a taxidermied wolf.
2: I mean that I didn't remember that either.
0: Yeah. Did that get cut the first time? How did I not remember that? That's the kind of thing my sick mind would be like, but that was cool. <laughs> you know, even if everything else in the movie sucked, the wet hillbilly zombies was, and the girl making out with a wolf head.
2: <laughs> I was waiting for it to bite her.
0: Something. Like, yeah. I don't
2: remember that happening, but I don't remember the scene at all. So
0: <laughs> yeah, but it was cool. And they, they were saying something back at headquarters about how, or the control room or whatever, about how, uh, her hair dye. Cause they, they mentioned yeah, they,
1: they put stupid stuff. Yes. Yeah, some,
0: some stupid poison yeah. in it. <laughs> so as she became more blonde, she became more stupid and, you know, so she was more malleable to, to their, you know, plot points that they were, you know, working anyway. Uh, so that was pretty neat. Um, of course, the more virginal character gets to live a lot longer. And the uh, the stoner character, you think he's dead, but he's not. And that's what disrupts the ancient gods thing. Uh, that I didn't remember. And I thought that was kind of clever. Like, everything seems to be going smoothly. We got this. You know, it's not like how it got screwed up in Helsinki or wherever, you know, that, or whatever it was they said where everything went wrong
1: uh tokyo goes wrong because the the girls conquer the ghost yeah they? yeah they do and uh i think argentina is another one there's some kind of giant monster there's stockholm i think is another one
2: stockholm I yeah think and that's... madrid yeah and madrid was a a shot of like a burning castle which was from a different movie, but and I've seen it, but I cannot tell you which one it was.
1: Probably a Paul nashi epic.
2: Yeah, something, yeah. Uh, it was like, that's old stock footage. What is that movie? I've <laughs> seen that. What is that?
0: Frankenstein's uh, Ghost.
1: Yeah. It, yeah, something. I'll have to watch this again to see what that is.
0: But, uh... yes. But yeah, the rewatch redeemed it. I think because of all those things looking so good, and mm-hmm. and when you're in the um, cliche parts of the horror movie, it uh, it flows nicely. Like the storyline, it's like every stupid thing that's going to happen is going to happen. Every every uh, opportunity for something to sneak up and gore somebody while they're doing something else, it all happens, and it and it unfolds the way it's supposed to. And and I and I liked it better knowing that, that it was supposed to do that. And we weren't being made fun of as horror fans, as much as we were being um, told that, Hey, here's that stuff. They always feed you and we're feeding it to you, but we, you know, it and we know it. Um, 44 minutes before the movie's first kill. I think you pointed that out earlier, Julian. It's like Mm -hmm. pretty far into the movie. That's cool because you know, you don't have to rely on it for your setup. Yeah. Uh, what did you guys think of, uh, you know, once, once they've peeled back the, the curtain and said, oh, we, we've figured out what this is, uh, our, like our last two characters, they head down that elevator thing. Were you guys cool with that? Or was that a bridge too far?
2: It was okay. I mean, when they pull back and they show all the boxes, like the cube, uh, yeah, Didn't need that many characters. Oh. I didn't need that. All, all of that. They you know, they could have just kept going down and seeing different monsters. That would have been enough, because you get a reveal of all those monsters later when they come out of the elevators. Yeah. After they hit the release button, so I think that would have been maybe a little bit better of a reveal. I don't think you needed to pull back because not only was the scale too big and the, and the mechanics of how the boxes moved off. Uh it just it showed you your, your you know your monsters. Uh I think they could have waited just a little bit longer. I don't think that reveal was necessary.
0: Yeah, there's a, a whole bunch. Uh, I've got the whole list here. Do you guys want to hear it?
1: <laughs> no oh, man, not all. <laughs> there's of <them>. a lot. <laughs> there's
0: a lot. Yeah. Uh one of them was just a giant cat, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> I mean, if it, if you're at about the scale of a mouse, that makes it really terrifying.
1: Well, that's, that might be a Star Trek reference because there's that Robert Block episode for, there for the uh, magician and the giant cat. And it's ah, oh,
0: yeah. that is
1: also an, uh, a, a, a sort of game going on. Yeah. Not, as, yeah, not everything is as, as it appears.
0: Um, In addition to all of them that we won't bother reading off, uh, additional monsters not listed on the whiteboard that are seen in these cells are a giant tarantula, a couple of dogs or wolves, a large frog, a giant centipede, an obese man, and two different blob-type creatures, a killer robot, and a trio of KKK members. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> the one that I didn't catch at all, like a lot of this stuff, it's like when they tell you this, you go, oh, I kind of caught a glimpse of that. If you look closely when they first release all the monsters, there's a flying purple people eater. As and- as in the, the novelty song, uh, it's, I guess guess it's in the upper left-hand corner of the screen near the ceiling.
2: Okay. I saw that. Yeah. Cause it picks up like a, uh, part of a soldier and it's like flying in a circle Yeah, and there's guts and stuff dripping out of the soldier. And then he drops it at the end of the scene. Yeah. But I couldn't have, I couldn't have named that.
0: Right. Well, I guess it probably had one eye and one horn and it was flying.
2: I'm sure. But it was, all you could tell was, was some flying thing.
0: Right. I want to rewatch it just to see, (laughs) but, uh, yeah. So the, yeah, the scale of it didn't need to be so big. It could have just been, you know, one of those white or stainless steel rooms with just like one row on one wall and another row on another wall. And then some mechanism to, you know, Zoom the elevator over to the room and take them up. It didn't have to be so massive. It's just like, okay, I'm already suspending my disbelief here. Do you, you know, you're, you're asking too much. But, yeah, fine. You did it anyway. On a Bridge sm- too far. Smaller, smaller budget. Um, Will, do you know anything about the body count on this?
2: Mm, <clears throat> I guess it's pretty high. There are a lot well, of soldiers in entire Planet. Killed.
0: You'll see that's oh, the yes. thing, right? <clears throat> so technically, it's got Jason Voorhees beat by a lot. Uh, if you don't count the entire planet at the end of the movie, it's sixty-nine deaths. Um, that's a lot, but uh, six billion eight hundred seventy-three million and some change eh, at the t- population of the planet at the time would be the technical body count, which is pretty high. <laughs> Have they ever blown the whole planet up in another movie, a horror movie that you guys can think of.
2: Mm, I feel I'm like sure there's been ones when, you know, a lot of forces of darkness overwhelm the, uh, the heroes at the end and take over. I yeah. you can assume a lot of people are going to die, Yeah, but I don't know. <clears throat> um, uh, another horror movie, not off the top of my head. I can't think of one.
0: Yeah, I can't either. It, it seems to me that, uh, that there's gotta be other movies where something like this almost happens and they stop it at the last minute or they don't tell you for sure that it happened. But, but that big hand bursting out of the earth tells you that, yes, it's, it's been done. So, yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I, I liked that the ending was, you know, everybody was doomed. Yeah. Um yeah, there there were th- parts of this I I really liked. Uh I thought the acting was great. I thought like you've said the sets were good. Um it just it had a lot of the pieces that it needed that really worked, but it just didn't come together.
0: Um What did you guys think of the Chris Hemsworth death? Because he was not a big movie star at this time. He was just getting started.
1: Yeah, this was the year before Thor, I think.
0: Yeah. Uh, He decides, you know, because you have this um, Chekhov's dirt bike on the back of the RV. So, you know, that's going to come into play at some point. He decides he's going to try and jump the ravine and go for help. And hits the grid, the polygon grid. And falls to his death. I was kind of thinking as he was winding up to do it, I was thinking he's just going to fall short of the other side and just look foolish as he plummets to his death. But yeah, he he hit the electrical.
2: That thing. would have been great.
0: That would have been funny,
2: like Homer Simpson on the skateboard,
0: right? Or Evil Knievel, an actual daredevil.
2: Yeah, <laughs> in real life,
0: at the Snake River Canyon or Caesar's oh, Palace, that would... you know. <laughs>
2: Yeah, he just didn't make it because I don't think he would have made it on that dirt bike.
0: No, no.
2: That, That chasm was way, way too, you know, wide to jump on a dirt bike. It just had to be... Especially with the little run he got.
0: Yeah, it just had to be wide enough to not be able to jump it and no logs are lying around to make a bridge out of. That's all you need. It didn't have to be that wide. It just had to be doable for him to do it, and then maybe just like wipe out at the end and fall. I mean, or fall short.
2: Yeah, I could have done without that whole grid thing.
0: Yeah, that was kind of dumb.
2: They could have just had it. Oh, he can't jump that. He tried and he died. Yeah. Um, You know, and then like the other guy, he he gets the idea. Well, we'll just take the road the other way, but he then he gets killed and the RV crashes. Yeah. Uh ending that plan. So yeah, they didn't they didn't need that big weird grid to keep them in. They had more conventional ways like blowing up the tunnel. Um yeah.
0: Yeah. That's all they had to do.
2: Um so it's things like that, you know, in the big box, big room with all the boxes, like mm, a little too far. Maybe if you just take back just a little bit.
0: Yeah. Reel it in a little people. That's all you gotta do. Um, yeah, I, I would say, uh, this is usually the point where we talk about recommends, um, do you feel like you could recommend this to horror fans? Julian, what do you think?
1: Uh, I'll have to see it again. Yeah. Uh, I, I didn't, I, I mean, there's lots to like about it, like the cast and the, it is clever. Um, and the, the monsters look good. Yeah, And they, they, they had to reinvent a lot of monsters. It was a that's really impressive job. Uh, I'd like to see movies just about some of those creatures, like the, the the blob redesign they did. It was really good.
0: And that merman that was like...
1: Yeah, he was fun. Yeah. Um, I like the werewolf.
0: I thought he
2: looked yes. really good. Yes. Yeah,
0: that guy has played a werewolf in a couple of the uh, Underworld movies, apparently.
1: And, and oh, also, okay. also uh, Scorny Weaver was very excited about the werewolf. Yeah. She
2: loved it. Um I would forgotten she was in this. She's in it for like a it's five such minutes, a brief right? part. Yeah. You know, I had forgotten. I was like, oh yeah, Scorney Weaver's in this.
1: Yeah, it's nice to see her turn up and have fun. Yeah. So uh yeah, there's stuff to like I, I was just uh yeah on that initial watch I was put off by it. Yeah, it would be a very
2: soft recommend for me. Uh if it was a horror fan that I knew, uh, like like our friend Ziggy, who's a big fan of the mm-hmm. Scream yeah. films, uh, if you were into that, or maybe Shaun of the Dead. or
1: Yeah, I, I can imagine kind of going to a show and seeing this with a packed crowd at a festival or something. It would be a blast. Yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly. So I think <clears> if <throat> you were into kind of the fun, fun horror movies, um, and you're not a sicko like me who wants to <laughs> – you know, get to the murders already. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I think people would like this. And I know it was very popular. I know a lot of people really liked this movie. Um, and by no means did I hate it. Um, I just kind of wish it was it was either uh, a little more subtle in its approach or a little more bombastic. It would kind of bro the middle in a way. I wish it had been, you know, total schlock or, or you know, closer to maybe a scream or something. Um, just, so yeah, soft recommend. Uh, kind of depends on the horror movie fan. General audiences? Um, possibly. Uh, Eugenie watched this for the first time last night. Um, she was put off by the... Uh, the uh, scientist in the lab immediately. She's like, "This is. I know exactly where this is going." Right. And
1: do you think this might be more compelling if the scientists were played really serious and straight, and they were they were, they were they were it was more like a Los Alamos team where they were like they were mundane people doing horrible things,
0: <clears throat> and then maybe really sweating it when something's going wrong.
1: Yeah, uh yeah. I mean, they they're doing it for a higher purpose as you, you might say but um if that if because everything's comedy in this movie isn't it Yeah Yeah much, much. that's kind of a problem maybe that was the straight bit and then the the kids were the funny bit where you're laughing at all the the send-ups
2: Yeah I think yeah I think that would have worked better because yeah the the scientists are all wacky in a way right um yeah because yeah. they're, they're goofing, I think they're, he, maybe that would have worked
0: yeah because even when uh they get a they get a call from the harbinger character they're goofing on him right away they put him on speakerphone <laughs> and they're making fun of him yeah he, <clears throat> which is funny because he drops the harbinger act for a second and it's that's funnier than the fact that they've got him on speakerphone is that he 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 drops the character uh yeah I would say it for me it's a it's a stronger recommend for horror fans because I think that you can, you can watch this thing and have fun watching it. And, and you get a lot of uh, <clears throat> a lot of pleasing visuals with the special effects and the makeups and the, the characters are, are kind of fun to watch, you know, because they're so cliche, uh, non horror fans. I think, um, where they would get lost on this is, the gore and the special effects. I mean, it's probably a bit much for somebody who doesn't want to, you know, they're, they want to pick some movies for Halloween or for uh, some spooky movie night or something. This might be a bit much for them, but I don't know those people. So
2: you know? I thought the gore was so over the top and kind of cartoony. I don't think it would really bother people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, People are dispatched fairly quickly. Oh yeah. Um, they cut away in a couple scenes that could have been really gory, like when they saw the poor girl in half. Yeah. The first victim, um, they cut away. They show a splash of blood. Right. Uh, they do that that scene a couple times. Um, there are a few. The one guy uh, gets stabbed in the throat. Mm, it's a little a little much but most of the soldiers and everybody gets killed, they're killed immediately. And uh, they may be bloody, but it's so much blood. I don't know that it would really bother you. Uh, but again, I don't know those people.
0: Yeah. When, yeah. When, when a uh, giant creature rips somebody in half, very suddenly it's like, it's startling, but it's on screen for half a second.
2: Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> So, um, in conclusion, you want to know my, my favorite part of the movie? Yeah. It's the nine inch nail song that played at the end.
0: <laughs> uh, I thought it was going to be the girl making out with the uh, taxidermied wolf,
2: but that was number two. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a close second.
2: No, actually that was number three. Cause number two was the coffee cup. Bong. Telescoping bong. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> they spent $5,000 on that. It's a working, uh, it's a working prototype.
2: Oh man, <laughs> Five, they should have sold those.
0: I know. It's like, you got the prototype. All you need to do is put it into manufacture. Um,
2: I mean, they wouldn't sell here in Denver cause people just smoke openly. So,
0: right. They don't need to hide it. <clears throat> but yeah, when the stoner kid steps out of the car with a three foot bong and then collapses it into a portable coffee cup, that, is neat, and then he uses it as a baseball bat later. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. That, that's
2: yeah. I, that, I enjoyed. I enjoyed that. That was kind of you know, it was a clever thing that they didn't just keep pointing out. <clears throat> you right. You know, he didn't make reference to it. He just you saw it, but nobody said anything. Like, oh, there's Marty with his telescoping bong. Right. that he spent five grand on.
0: <laughs> and they, they actually had that actor um, take hours of uh, lessons of things like rolling joints and taking bong hits. Really? Yeah, they made sure he was well-trained. And I think I think in real life, he's he's more of a uh, college kid kind of character.
1: Uh, so completely different, you're well, saying? Well, what I'm saying yeah, is, I-
2: He's more of the college kid can't roll a <laughs> joint. No.
0: The kind, the kind of college kid he is is the kind that goes to Yale and has that kind of money.
2: Oh, preppy. <clears throat> yeah. You know, I would have. Uh, although, even if I was a stoner, uh, I would have said, and and I got in that role, I would have said, "No, nah, I don't know how to roll a joint." Just so they <laughs> they probably have to pay you to go to these classes.
0: Yeah, and then give you all the weed.
2: Yeah, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to have like at least <laughs> an ounce or two to get into this role. Yep. <laughs> uh, primo stuff too, because I don't mess around with my acting.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Very method actor. Um, yeah. Yeah. So I would say uh, it was redeemed on the rewatch for me and uh, Jolie and I hope you uh, get a chance to look. Um, is next week my pick? Uh, yes, I think it is. Cause yeah. and you picked the Piranha two movie yep. last time. All right. And I'm I, proud of it. <clears throat> yes, you should be. Yeah.
2: I. I <laughs> you should be. That was a good one. I enjoyed so, <laughs> that one a lot.
0: So far. Uh, yeah, we we got, a, we got two in a See, row. See, That's
2: the kind of schlock I like, <clears throat> you know? Yeah. This movie had been a little bit, you know, a little more in that, that vein. I don't know. Anyway.
0: Well, um, there's one on Shudder that I don't know much about or nothing about. It's technically brand new, uh, released this year. I don't know if it was made much previous to that. It's called The Power. And uh, this one is directed by Karina Faith, who I don't know, or Karina Faith. Um, It takes place in London, 1974. As Britain prepares for electrical blackouts to sweep across the country, trainee nurse Val arrives for her first day at a crumbling East London royal infirmary. With most of the patients and staff evacuated to another hospital, Val is forced to work the night shift in the empty building. Within these walls lies a deadly secret, forcing Val to face her own traumatic past in order to confront the malevolent force that's intent on destroying everything around her. Bestos. So there we go. Um, Will. Asbestos. Yes. Uh, (laughs) That was more of a description than just. (laughs) Spoiler. More of a description than you've been getting lately. It's only 93 minutes, Will. And if you shut it off as a credit start, it'll be at 90 minutes.
1: Well, I can tell you what my my pick's going to be. What's it going to be? Also in Shadow, they finally have Peninsula. What's that one? That's the sequel to Train to Busan.
0: Oh. oh yes. Wow, really? Okay, so we I guess all we right. we can all be uh yeah, listeners included, we can all be ready for the next pick. <laughs> so there's two yeah, shutters. I watched
1: it a while ago because <clears throat> it came out on disc, but it's, yeah, it just brought just came out on shutter. And excellent.
0: For any listeners who don't have shutter, you can get a free trial. It, there's there's passwords out there for free trials. Like thirty days free. That's that's enough time to find out if you like it or not. And I think it's pretty cool. I'm not going to say too much. I think
2: if you have prime, you get a, you can do most of those channels. you can do a week free, right. Cancel it, sign back up to another (laughs) week free. Right. Not that I've done that.
0: No, No, no. why would you?
2: No, I mean, I would pay for Cinemax, not just watch movies. Right. For a week, turn it off and turn it back on. (laughs)
0: well cool anything else before we call it a show i don't think so all right well listeners thank you for listening
2: i want to see a merman